Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. We open our liturgy with this, the collect for purity. And I don't know about you, but I've not always loved it. I actually remember getting a pretty serious Santa Claus is coming to town vibe from this from a long time. All secrets and desires known, well, that's kind of terrifying. So yeah, and I guess technically it does go without saying that God does know whether you are naughty or nice, but that is not the point. That's my own problem with the thing. Ignore that I just shared that. But the point is that it's, it's not an invasion of privacy. This fact is not a threat of knowledge that God holds against you. It's a declaration of intimacy. God knows us and what follows on the tail of that knowledge, in fact, inextricably intertwined with it, is that God, in that God knows us, is that God loves us. The omniscient eye sees, and the very gaze of the omniscient eye is that of omnibenevolent love. And this is, in fact, so shocking that God knows us and loves us that we call it the good news, and the church believes it's her job to shout it from the rooftops. And it's baked into everything we're about. The Eucharist, for example, is the outpouring of and feasting upon this love made manifest as shown perfectly in the passion of Jesus. And it begins with us lifting up those hearts. In fact, the heart that's known and loved is so crucial to what we're about on this morning that the great sacramental theologian Alexander Schmemann says, Without the love poured into our hearts, the Eucharist is not valid. <sighs> oh, Lord, a stunning claim. And what's even more, the Eucharist does not explicitly teach us how to open our hearts. Oh, it can do it, but it doesn't teach us in the part specifically. In fact, the entire liturgy expects that you have come here with some degree of knowing how the heart is opened and of having it cracked at least at some point. This is massive. We are coming in for heart surgery, but, we have, but have we been prepped? We are called to lift up our hearts every Sunday, but we, do we really understand what we're up to? Listen to me. This is not a metaphor. <laughs> it does not just mean lift up your hearts, feel happy. It's, it's not that. It's something so much deeper. You know it in your own heart. You find it in other people. 
something stirs in you and you click follow on them for social media, but you know that just isn't really cutting it. It doesn't hold it, does it? Because the invasive logic of commercial social media and its financial incentive to keep us in a profitable state of anxiety, envy, and distraction is just too strong. You can't hold it by who you follow. on the. It's just not something that keeps us, but we still feel it, don't we? In Krista Tippett's conversation with Resma Minikin on our white privilege, in watching Brene Brown's Outlets of the Heart and thinking, God, I'm feeling something here that I have just been missing. On going on those walks and feeling your heart open wide with every honking goose and strutting turkey as you stand under breezy bridge and look out over choppy river, you feel it. It thunders forth in you and you feel it in the Eucharist, but sometimes you walk into church and you don't feel it at all and you're scared to say so because you think you're the only one. This desire in you has been trying to break forth all your life. And it's so strong that you know it cannot hold you. You know that it needs more than you can even give it. You know that it's so strong it could drink the ocean. And you know that if you come into church without that love, then you have a sense of what is valid after all. You long for this at the core because your heart is held in the divine heart. You're tapped into the artery of God, and this all-powerful love was incarnated into the world and reached its climax in the passion of Jesus Christ, who shows us knowledge all the way down to the womb, and who shows us love all the way up from the top of the cross. And you are loved with that love, and it's pressing upon your heart from the inside. And it is an unfathomable love whereby God is literally loving the hell out of this world, as Bishop Wright says in Atlanta, as alpha and omega, as origin of your creation and horizon of your destiny that's been secretly held in the heart of God from before time and forever. This heart is accessed through a spiritual practice that we've had all our lives, that the church has always known about. I'm really terrified about this, actually, because it's so incredibly basic to us. It's like the water for the fish, the air for the animal. The spiritual practice is called prayer. The heart can be accessed through it, and it, the, many things can open the heart. Like I said, the, the experience of Eucharist, the baptism of a baby, being in the clutches of joy, beauty, goodness, or truth. But the heart is intentionally accessed through prayer in our life of six days before the seventh day here on Sunday. And prayer must come from the heart, and there's two specific things I'm going to give you uh, real quick, which is an entrance into that. I'm going to give you an example of prayer that's intentional without words, 
And I'm going to give you an example of prayer that's accidental and with words. <laughs> so you know, like, there's really no way you can get this wrong, right? I mean, even my uh, hard little heart can figure this out. So there's uh, one kind of prayer which is called um, a prayer of silence. And it's based in the fact that um, we pray by talking often, but pray- silent prayer is based in the fact that the child learns to listen before it speaks. And so I sat by Maggie's bedside a few weeks ago, and right before she was to die, we shared a conversation about silent prayer. And our hearts opened together at that moment, bedside, as she shared a life-changing experience that had ballasted her and her spiritual life from then on through all sorts of darkness. And I've recently stepped into those same waters and it comes through sitting in silence. There's more to be said there, but the second thing is an example of when I just fell into something accessing my heart. And this is a great story. I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but when I came to Christ Church Cathedral, and this is the last thing I'll say, when I came to Christ Church Cathedral, I, um, Timothy kind of came up to me and he was like, yo, you're going to sing the Eucharist like this Sunday. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, I can't do that. I, I'm terrified. And also, I don't know how to read music, so I'm not your guy. And he was like, that's cool. I'll record it for you and you can listen to it. He actually didn't suggest that. I asked for that. But he recorded singing Eucharistic Prayer D. And then I put, put it onto my phone and I went through the day for the next week listening to the prayer and repeating it through everything I was doing brushing my teeth. Fountain of life, a source of all goodness. You made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Driving the car. Countless throngs of angels stand before you. Going to bed at night to serve you night and day. Getting ready for church and beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Suddenly, without knowing it, as it was inundated into my life, I felt it before I knew it the artery was tapped and the transfusion had begun and the heart was wide open as if new life was being infused into me and I didn't even recognize it. Lydia, this is the news that I bring to you, that you were once a stranger to your own heart And now, see, the Messiah has tapped the vein. Divine life has poured into your heart at this very moment. Behold, God loves you like a parent. And he has come and makes his home in you. Animal. The spiritual practice is called prayer. The heart can be accessed through it. And many things can open the heart. Like I said, the the experience of Eucharist, the baptism of a baby, being in the clutches of joy, beauty, goodness, or truth. But the heart is intentionally accessed 
through prayer in our life of six days before the seventh day here on Sunday. And prayer must come from the heart, and there's two specific things I'm going to give you uh, real quick, which is an entrance into that. I'm going to give you an example of prayer that's intentional without words, and I'm going to give you an example of prayer that's accidental and with words. (laughs) So you know, like, there's really no way you can get this wrong, right? I mean, even my uh, hard little heart can figure this out. So there's uh, one kind of prayer which is called um, a prayer of silence. And it's based in the fact that um, we pray by talking often, but silent prayer is based in the fact that the child learns to listen before it speaks. And so I sat by Maggie's bedside a few weeks ago, and right before she was to die, we shared a conversation about silent prayer. And our hearts opened together at that moment bedside as she shared a life-changing experience that had ballasted her and her spiritual life from then on through all sorts of darkness. And I've recently stepped into those same waters, and it comes through sitting in silence. There's more to be said there, but the second thing is an example of when I just fell into something accessing my heart. And this is a great story. I don't know if I've ever shared this before. But when I came to Christ Church Cathedral, and this is the last thing I'll say, when I came to Christ Church Cathedral, I, um, Timothy kind of came up to me, and he was like, yo, you're going to sing the Eucharist, like, this Sunday. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, I can't do that. I, I'm terrified. And also, I don't know how to read music, so I'm not your guy. And he was like, that's cool. I'll record it for you, and you can listen to it. He actually didn't suggest that. I asked for that. But he recorded singing Eucharistic Prayer D, and then I put, put it onto my phone, and I went through the day for the next week listening to the prayer and repeating it through everything I was doing, brushing my teeth. Fountain of life, a source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Driving the car. Countless throngs of angels stand before you. Going to bed at night to serve you night and day. Getting ready for church and beholding the glory of your presence. They offer you unceasing praise. Suddenly, without knowing it, as it was inundated into my life. I felt it before I knew it. The artery was tapped, and the transfusion had begun, and the heart was wide open, as if new life was being infused into me, and I didn't even recognize it. Lydia, This is the news that I bring to you. That you were once a stranger to your own heart, and now, see, the Messiah has tapped the vein. Divine life has poured into your heart at this very moment. Behold, God loves you like a parent, and he has come and makes his home in you.